Welcome to Compassion Radio 360. Good morning, honey. Good morning. It's good to be back across the table from you. We've just begun last week to end the week with a survey, a look around. Mm -hmm. We're calling it the Compassion Radio 360. Mm -hmm. It's a spiritual look at the world we're facing. I wanted to highlight the verse that came at the end of the passage we read last week. We're going to read it to you in a couple different translations. The scripture goes like this. From Philippians 4.8, Finally, brothers, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That came after a bunch of promises about God bringing us peace in Jesus. So he says, our response to the things he's already given us, the person he's given us, who is Jesus, his identity, his mark on us, in response to that, we do this. Mm. Well, we have to be reminded who Paul is writing this to. He's writing this to the Philippians who had undergone great oppression. And persecution. And persecution. He's telling them, in spite of all that, I know that you're hurting. I know that you're anxious. He tells them just before that, don't be anxious, but pray about everything. These are things that you can think on. These are things that are noble and virtuous and, and honest and true and beautiful. Think on these things because that's where God wants our minds to focus. And it's not a vain hope, but we have to understand how ridiculous it might have seemed to anybody looking in from the outside. Remember, at this time, the persecution of the Philippians was severe. Mm -hmm. In fact, we talked last week about the possibility that Paul writing this letter understands that it may not even arrive, quote, in time, mm -hmm. that the people he's writing to may literally be dead mm -hmm. because of the persecutions that were killing Christians in the streets. It was not against the law for a Roman who didn't like a Christian just to slaughter them. They could do that. Mm. They had the legal right to murder a Christian because they were subhuman. Mm. That's persecution. What hope really is there? And then Paul writes to you, think on these things. So why is that so radical? Because it doesn't seem reasonable. But he's saying, think on these things anyway. He's also said in a number of places that the peace that God gives us is in Jesus. So every time we talk about Jesus, we're to extol him for his virtues, for who he is, I really think that what he's saying here to the Philippians is simply this. Whatever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous, and worthy of praise, think on these things because they are Jesus. Mm -hmm. You couldn't describe Jesus any better than this. These are the qualities. These are the characteristics. These are the meat of who Jesus is. So he's saying, see him. Speak on these things. Don't forget these things because that's who he is, and that's who he's making you to be. Yeah. There's another translation of this verse that I really love from The Voice. It's one that we've used before on the broadcast. In fact, it's one that Norm really loved. Mm -hmm. I just love it because it's really in our common vernacular. It says things in such a poetic and beautiful way. And I just want to read this verse from that. Finally, brothers and sisters, fill your minds with these things, with what is beautiful and truthful. Meditate on whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, whatever is virtuous and praiseworthy. He's saying to them, these are some things that you just need to fix your mind on. You just need to fill your mind with beauty and truth. 
Yeah. And then he goes on to list these other things that you should meditate on. You see what you want to see. Mm. We have the joke about the red truck. If you're driving somewhere and you say, all I ever see is red trucks, whoever you tell that to is going to be looking the rest of the day for red trucks. And they're probably going to see quite a few of them, but they would have ignored them completely had they not been encouraged to see those red trucks. Mm -hmm. When God calls to our attention these things that are pure and beautiful, we're going to be looking for those things. Yeah. It's not accidental. It's And it's not that Jesus has to show up and say, no, 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 look at this instead, because our minds are looking at nothing but bad, or we're expecting the worst. If we're looking for it, we're going to see it. That does not mean that the other thing does not exist. It simply means that we are meditating on that one thing. Mm -hmm. So in a world that's full of evil, if all we're meditating on is evil, it's very hard to see God in the works around us or God at work around us. But if we are looking for the things that are true and are beautiful, that's a God moment. We see God doing those things, making beauty happen, or getting our, our hearts and minds light enough to see beauty See the artistry of a sunset or incredible talent of someone like a Van Gogh who can paint something so incredibly deep and rich and musical to capture beauty wherever it can be found. It's a creative thing. Mm -hmm. Destructive things want to take the beauty out of the world. That's just the very first thing, what's beautiful and true. The earlier translation from King James just simply says, whatever things are true. And yours says, look for beauty and truth. The truth is, that word is a flip side of the same coin. Truth is beauty. Beauty is truth. The mm -hmm. Greeks understood that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to end our week with some positive things, mm. some things that uplift and things that bring to mind beauty and truth. We talked about this last week. We worship something. We have devotion to something. Is it cable news channels or is it the Word of God? Is it God himself who made us that we have devotion to? And I think it's important to examine that every week. This verse is a great way to do that. What are the things I'm thinking about that bring glory to God? And where am I going to think about it? And where am I going to think about it? Yeah, it's true. I mean, if you're just holed up in your house and not going anywhere, I mean, up here in the Northwest, it's pretty cold right now. And all across the country, I know there's a lot of cold and it's really hard to go outside. But it's a good idea just for a few minutes and breathe the fresh air and think about some lovely, positive things. If that's within your capability to do so, I would say Absolutely. step out. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I also think about Paul walking around the Areopagus, which was near the temples on top of Athens. He tells the story of the God you do not know. I'm going to tell you his story. And he tells the virtues of God and what Jesus did. And he's doing this in the open air. And the reason he's teaching where he's teaching is because he took a walk. Earlier in the morning, he literally walked around the hill and saw all the gods that were worshipped in these places and the idols that were decorated to honor that god. And he found the one where the animals that would wander the hill would just lay down next to nothing. And in that place of nothing, people put up markers that said, to the unknown god. And that's the unknown god that he was going to tell the Athenians all about. He walked through that place and thought, where can I find god in the midst of all this? And he found him under the name of unknown. Mm -hmm. And he found him in a place that was, until that point, unmarked. God is not to be found in the same place as other gods. He'll be found to be the one who owns the place the other gods inhabit, but he will be found apart from them. Are we willing to get apart from time to time just to be able to let him speak to us in the place he owns? Mm -hmm. And that's not just a sanctuary in a church, of course. Oh, it's great to be there and experience him as a regular part of our spiritual disciplines. But literally saying, God, just take me to where you want me to be so I can hear you. I can see you in action. I can be with you in doing the things you do. That is a spiritual service of worship. Yeah. 
we don't think about anything else but what we're searching for. I want to see God in this. God has a habit and a way of making it happen. I think sometimes maybe we get caught up on, I want to see God, I want to see God, and the pursuit of wanting to see God, that sometimes we actually miss Mm. what's in front of us that God has ordained. We can be so busy looking for the forest that we don't see the trees. Mm. And I know that's a very common saying, but I think that that is so appropriate in this context in that if we're so busy looking for the big picture. We miss the small things that are beauty and truth. Right around us. That's true. So in the place, if God says, I'm right here, I don't want you to go anywhere. This is it. This is the spot. Let's just look around us right where we are and see what we need to see. On the other end, you say about the forest and the trees, sometimes God says, I want you to understand the bigger picture, but you're not going to get it from right where you are. You're going to have to go somewhere Mm -hmm. to get that. Well, that takes a lot of discernment. Yeah. And if you're going to see a big thing, you got to be at a place where you can see big things. So that would mean in the example of the forest, climb the mountain, find Mm -hmm. the lookout and actually see what's out there Mm -hmm. instead of just being stuck in the middle of the trees. Different properties of the things we're looking for will require us to do different things to perceive them. Mm-hmm. being with someone one-on-one to understand what they're really feeling and having a safety, a safe place for us to experience each other and to be honest with each other and therefore welcome God into our closeness requires a close setting with one other person, not in a loud place where you can't talk. Right. I mean, there's something that's very obvious about physical things that require us to go someplace sometimes. Mm-hmm. There are things you can't do with one person that you can do with a thousand. There are some things you can't do with anybody at all that invite God into a place that only you can experience. Mm -hmm. There are some places that you will never see God at work unless you're willing to go with him into very dirty, awful places. Sometimes. I do think this call to see, finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, think on these things, means not just to, oh, in a passing thought, oh, isn't that lovely? Things are beautiful. Mm -hmm. No, he's not saying things are beautiful. He's saying find a beautiful thing. Pay attention to it. Spend time with it. Well, this translation of the voice says to meditate on Mm. it. And the thought of meditating and the process of meditating is not just a passing thought in your mind. Mm. It is a thing that you sit and do. You fill your mind with that thought. To the exclusion of many other things. And you process. You just process. You don't just let it fly away and fly by. So what kind of things do we need to be spending time finding right now? We've talked about truth as the first thing. What kind of things are we dealing with now that we need to be reminded of that this, in fact, is true? I think it's in the moments of calm that we can really look honestly at truth around us. There's a lot of discord around us right now. And the truth is, many people feel chaos right now. The truth is, many people are confused. And the truth is, many people are hurting deeply and have a great loss. And that's a hard truth. And so I think, why on earth would I want to focus on what's true around me? But as believers in Jesus, we also know that He is truth. Scripture tells us in the book of John, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. And so if we begin to look at the life of Jesus 
and read the red letters, as we say sometimes, we'll see that truth goes way beyond our circumstance and what we can see visually around us. And that takes meditation. I just finished an interview with a good friend of ours in Ukraine, and those programs will be coming up soon on the broadcast. He was part of the movement for freedom in the Maidan. They call it the uh, Revolution of Dignity that actually stared down the guns that were aimed at them by snipers on the buildings around their main national square. And this was in 2014, so not that many years ago. Yes. And just him telling the story a couple of years afterwards, we walked the streets in 2017. It was a deeply traumatic time in their history, but it was also a deeply revelatory time. It opened up their hearts in a way they'd never thought was possible. They realized as a people, you have to stand with truth. Mm-hmm. And the truth was that oppressors wanted to erase them or take away their identity. And Oles talked about being an impromptu counselor, mm-hmm. that so many people who were deeply traumatized and troubled because their worldviews were in conflict. They'd been raised one way, they saw the fruit of that worldview, and they wanted something else, but they didn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. And he told the story of a woman coming to him that didn't know if she was going crazy because she said, when I see what they're doing to me, these are the people I'm supposed to be honoring, I'm supposed to be obeying, and all I want to do is attack them. Because she sees what they have done to people who are innocent, oppressed. She's seen people murdered in the streets. And somehow, this law and order upbringing she had was in conflict with justice. That innocent people were being traumatized, beaten, and killed. And she couldn't do anything about it. But she knew in her heart of hearts it was wrong. But she didn't know if she could really believe that. Because it wasn't something that was coming from the authorities. Oles just sat with her and said... What you're saying is true. God exists, and he stands with those who are oppressed and are tormented by oppression. You're right. And just saying that to her, acknowledging the truth she was discovering, freed her. The truth set her free from this prison of this conflict, and she recognized, you're right, this really is true. It took somebody else being able to acknowledge in her that this was really real and countering the lies, the propaganda she'd been swallowing for years and years. Prem, that's not unlike what so many of our brothers and sisters of color face Mm -hmm. in our country today. Mm. We, as um, the white Americans, can stand and say, what we see happening on the streets of America is wrong in so many instances where young men and women of color are being gunned down. And we have to stand for truth. It is a dichotomy because on the one hand, someone said, on the one hand, the voices are saying, well, there are lawbreakers. There's things that are happening against the law and we mm-hmm. have to you know, do what's right or we have to act in this certain way. And on the other hand, we look at that and say, but it's still devastatingly wrong. Mm-hmm. So I understand what you're saying, what this woman was going through. I feel that same tug in my own heart. Often, what is truth in the situations that we look at on the news, that we look at every day we face on the streets? Before people misunderstand what we're trying to say here right now, I want to make sure I frame this. We are not talking about extremes here. We're not saying some people are always oppressed and are always innocent. We're not saying that some people are always oppressors and are always evil. Right. 
In between those two imaginary extremes are real people dealing with real circumstances. Yeah. And those who have power within any country, including ours, it's very difficult in human nature to give it up or to yield it or to not feel like if I give up any power or my rights, whatever, I'm going to be oppressed because mm-hmm. they sense there's oppression in the world. And if I don't have the power, I'll be oppressed. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's really talked about, but I think a lot of us feel that. What if I gave up my privilege or my power? What if it was taken away from me? Then I would have nothing and someone's going to come get me. Others on the other end are saying, you know, this is our life. No matter what the law says my rights are, I don't really get to experience it. I don't get to have a job. I can't get a mortgage in this neighborhood. I can't whatever. Mm-hmm. And the only way out of this thing is to fight my way out. And they buy into the extremes at that point and say, what's the point? Why would we even try to obey the laws when the law will never protect us? Those are real people in our country mm-hmm. that are dealing with that reality. That does not mean that breaking the law is, quote, right. But it doesn't mean either that every law is just or that the situations that people find themselves in are. So we have to discern this as believers in Christ, as followers of him, to say, what is just and true mm-hmm. here? And then work on that, because that will inform us about what we should do about our laws, about our, our culture, and about our individual responsibility to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. But it can't happen. It can't transform. It can't even change or move the needle of an inch without facing the fact that God has truth and he is truth. And he's the one that gets to redefine the rules of the game. Mm. If we start with that, I think there's real hope for all of us to really experience transformational experiences and to be part of the change that the world desperately needs. It still does. Well, it's hard to examine your core beliefs. Mm. It's hard to look and say, What about my upbringing? What about my past beliefs are things that are the right things to hold on to? And what about them are the things I need to let go of or discard? It's a very difficult thing to do. Growing up in the South, there's a lot of core things that I was, I don't know if I was just taught them overtly or if it was just things that... Just the way it is. The way it is. It's been an interesting journey for me Hmm. to examine those what were core beliefs? Yeah. And to ask my friends that I grew up with, people of color, what was it like for you growing up in small town in Texas? Yeah. You know, we had completely different experiences. And I think both experiences were true for me and for them, but they were different. Things that we were led to believe about the other side of the road were not true. I mean, the things that I believed about the people that worshipped in the black church or the people that worshipped in the brown church were maybe not true. And not challenged. And not challenged. Yeah. And I think it's important as we grow in our faith and we grow in our trust of the truth of Jesus Christ that we examine things. Is this a man-made thing that I am holding on to, or is this really truth from God? Real truth, friends, can handle questions. It's those things that are so offensive to even ask a question about that really make me wonder. Mm-hmm. If you can't even handle someone saying, is this really true? How do you know it's true? Mm-hmm. And we're all offended by that kind of question. 
then maybe we need to be the ones examining and asking that very question. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that I have grown to do in my own life when I am even just challenged or feel a little ruffled by questions that our children ask us mm -hmm. or or things that you ask me or things that we you know aren't sure we really agree on. If I'm all ruffled about it, when I have a sane moment or <laughs> no, <laughs> when I can think clearly, yeah. I ask myself, why is this upsetting me so much? Why is this bothering me? There was an exchange on Facebook this past week of a group that we were a part of, and there were some questions like this going on, and some people were just so ruffled by it and angered by the question. Instantly offended by the question. Yeah, that it just, it really got me thinking about this. There was nothing untrue or even unkind about the question that was asked. But people were so offended by it because it challenged, I think, some core beliefs that they had grown up with. There are a lot of those kind of things I think God wants to challenge in us, not because he wants to harm us. Like, yeah. God doesn't have plans to harm us or destroy us no. or break us into little bits. No. His plan is to awaken us, to invigorate us, to bring us life. And, and sometimes earth. that happens by piercing the soil, letting the air and the light and the water get into it. Yeah. It's a prickly time in our world right now, so I just encourage our listeners to get serious about letting God do some prickling. Don't be afraid of the prick. If the Holy Spirit is doing that kind of work in you right now, it may not be comfortable, but we'd encourage you to ask God what he has for you in this. And that's pretty much all we have for Compassion Radio's 360 this week. God bless you over the weekend. We'll see you again on Monday morning for the next Compassion Radio's Chasing the Word. Blessed mystery, the vilest of all sinners now, forgiven and redeemed. Oh, the depths of darkness, his love would reach down through to cover me with mercy and hide me in his wounds. Oh,
hasten now the day that I behold your glory and look upon your face. Robed in holy splendor, like thunder we will stand. The voice of every saint declaring, worthy. Remember, none of this is possible without you. If you believe hearing the good news from the front lines of faith builds your faith, then let us know today. Just call us at 1-800-868-2478. Write us at Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859, or make your gift through our website, CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.